welcome to Sometimes in Shambles. My name is Melissa and I'm the host. And today I just want to give a little update of what I've been doing. I feel like my podcast has been on a hiatus, not on purpose, uh, just kind of went that way, I guess. But I am hoping to have more consistent episodes to finish out season two. This is so weird to me to be back recording. I actually have anxiety about it and I don't know, it just feels really weird, but I wanted to come on and record an episode and kind of give you a quarantine update, a mental health update, where I'm at right now with things and what I'm doing and the future of things. So anyway, um, let's just get right into it. This is just me talking about myself pretty much. That's what this episode is about, but Hopefully, I will have like a little bit of insight um, to some things here and there. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but um, I think I've learned a lot and I'm in a good place right now and I will talk about that later. Also, I have to say I'm recording in my closet. It's a really weird (laughs) new setup. Um, I guess I'll talk about that in a minute as well. So let's start with a quarantine update. So all in the same week slash weekend, I lost my job. I got let go from my job and then my roommate moved out and then I got a new roommate. Um, and then I'm still dealing with my new cat, Otis. I don't remember if I mentioned that in the last episode and it was, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. I felt really down and depressed, especially losing my job. I felt like My job was the only thing that I had. Okay, I will say this, and this is something I'm working on, and I think a lot of people feel this way, but I felt like my job was something I had over other people um, that were around me, and I hate that. I hate that I was thinking that way um, because, I don't know, right now or I guess lately, I don't know what it is, but I've been in this like comparison mode, you know. I have some friends who are buying their second house right now and they are my age, 27. And um, in this like comparison mode or whatever, I just am always reminded of, you know, where I'm at in life, in my stage of life, because I see other people's stages of life around me, if that makes sense. So, you know, the normal stuff that I always say, my, I don't have a lot of single friends. Um, I'm still renting. All my friends own a house. Um, and then I lost my job. And so it just, I was really depressed and down thinking, I was thinking all of the thoughts, all the depressed thoughts, you know, I have no value. I have no worth. I am useless. I have nothing going for me. It was just like a really, I was really depressed and I was just like, well, why can't I keep a job? Why can't I find someone to date? Why can't I have enough money saved to buy a house? Just thinking all of the negative things um, because my job is something that I really pride myself on. Like it's, it's some, it's the one thing that I have, you know, like it's the one thing that I I was I really loved where I worked. I really loved what I did. I loved my coworkers. I really felt like I thrived when I worked. And so, as you know, in my last episode, I had a really hard time like working from home um, and getting into that vibe because you know going and seeing my coworkers was it was what I had. 
Um, anyway, I was getting really depressed and I had to find things to do to make, um, I don't know, to get me excited about something. So I decided to make a desk. (laughs) So I made a desk or it's not a desk. It's like a, a table, I guess. It's like a side table with a drawer and I made it from scratch and I don't know why I decided to do this, but it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot and it was something to look forward to, to see the end product and be able to say like, oh, I wanted to do this. I had a plan. I did it. I executed it. It's done. It looks great. Um, and then after I finished my desk, I was like, I need more. Like I need to keep myself busy. Um, while I'm interviewing and looking for work. Um, and so I decided to redo my room. I was, when I was in that like little depressed state, I didn't want to be in my room ever because I just felt more depressed there. It has all gray walls. I have gray bedding. I have a gray bed. I have like, it's all gray and white and blah. So I called the leasing office and they let me paint. So I painted my, one of my walls green. I, um, got rid of some furniture, got some new furniture. I'm still redoing it right now, but that's kind of what brings me joy right now is redoing my room and just making my environment feel more homey and comfortable to live in. And like, if your home makes you depressed, I hope that you change it because, you know, you're there most of the time, especially now in quarantine, you're there all the time. And for me, where I live has a huge impact on my mental state. If I'm living in like a crappy house, a rundown house that isn't clean or whatever, I get so depressed and sad. So I decided to redo my room and it's been a lot of fun. Um, And I've also become like a Facebook market addict. I'm like addicted to like selling stuff that I'm not using and um, looking for like good deals and stuff. Um, that's really fun. I don't know. Uh, and then another thing that does bring me joy is photo shoots. I'm, um, me and my friend Amy have been doing another series and that's something that really keeps me occupied. It keeps me creative. I love doing it. I also sign up for Skillshare. So I, this is not (laughs) an ad. Um, I wish it was, but I signed up for Skillshare and I'm learning a lot more about illustration and just, I don't know, it's something that in my design schooling, I definitely didn't have um, an illustration background. I did some, but it's not, it was not great. So I'm really excited since I got like the iPad Pro with Procreate, I'm really excited to start learning more about illustration. I think illustrating characters um, sounds really fun to me. So that's some stuff that I'm doing. And then I'm also getting like more one-on-one time with friends because of quarantine. Um, You know, we're not um, hanging out in large groups and things like that. So it's, I've been able to spend more one-on-one time with people and make new friends as well. Then I also am on the dating app. I was am seeing someone I don't really know what to call it um I've been going on dates with someone um and we've been I've been getting back into hiking I went on a backpacking trip with my friends and I've been doing at least like one hike a week which is um it's not new to me I definitely used to hike all the time or a lot more um 
But then I just kind of stopped and I think my mental health had a lot to do with that. And so now I'm trying to get back into hiking. And so some of my dates have been hiking, which is really nice, um, especially when um, I'm unemployed. So I'm able to do a lot more because I have the time. And then also um, right around the time I lost my job, I um, got my mental health tattoo, my tattoo to represent mental health. And I really love it. I don't I haven't posted it on Instagram yet or on the Sometimes in Shambles Instagram, um, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. So it's a hand that is kind of holding these three flowers um, and the hand represents kind of my, my journey and like I am the only one that can, can change myself. Um, I'm the only one that can do things to improve my anxiety and depression. I'm the only one that can get me out of bed. I'm the only one that can calm myself down. I'm the only one that can listen to my body when it's telling me not to do something, when something's not right. Um, Basically just saying like, I am the creator of my own life. I don't know. Um, so the three flowers that the hand is holding are, um, lavender, snapdragon, and a chrysanthemum. And the chrysanthemum is an overall, um, flower for mental health. So that's like kind of the focal point of the tattoo. And then I chose lavender because that's the next flower that a lot of people think of when you think of mental illness and mental health, because it's, um, represents kind of like calming, um, anxiety, things like that. And then the snapdragon represents strength. And I think it does take a lot of courage and bravery and strength to, um, you know, like make an appointment with a therapist or decide to go see a specialist for your medication or decide to get on medication or decide to get off medication. Um, it does, it takes a lot to work on your mental health. And so, um, I chose that flower to represent strength. And also it's a little ode to my grandparents because they always had, when I was growing up, they always had snapdragons in their front yard. And, um, it, Whenever I see Snapdragon, I just am reminded of my grandparents, and so I decided to include that, and anyway, I love my tattoo, and I'm really glad that I got it, and I'm kind of, I never, I never knew that mental health was going to be something that I became so passionate about. Um, You know, I've had depression since 2011, I've had anxiety for a couple of years, Um, although now I'm kind of... I, little things from my childhood or my past will come up and I'll, and then I'm like, oh, yep, that was anxiety. So I think I've had anxiety for a long time. Um, but I never, never really thought that I would be here, you know, getting a tattoo to represent mental health, um, starting a podcast about it. I didn't even think this podcast was going to turn into a mental health podcast. And I'm really glad that it did because I, am very passionate about it and um, I really do like to educate people um, on certain things and also just trying different things and telling people my experience on it in hopes that it helps you guys and um, anyway <laughs> I don't know I just didn't expect this in my life like if you had asked me five years ago what 
what things are you going to be passionate about? Um, I wouldn't have said mental health, probably. So moving on, I did get a job, thankfully, but I haven't signed official papers yet. So I'm kind of just crossing my fingers that nothing falls through. Um, and then another exciting thing is I paid off my credit card, which was almost 3000 It was over $3,000, um, which is a lot for me. And I've had this, it's been $3,000 for like two or three years. And I finally paid it off and I paid off. I don't know. It's just like really amazing to me. And at the beginning of the year, I did a uh, vision board with some of my friends. And the main thing on there that like I remember putting on there is paying off my credit card. And I did it. And it's like such a relief and um, really cool. So I'm happy about that. Um, And then I did go on a social media hiatus Um, I just got Instagram back a couple of days ago, but I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm probably going to do this for a while where I will get on social media, delete all of it for a while, get back on because I think it, it really puts a lot of your life in perspective when you get off social media and I don't know how to explain it and maybe it's not the same experience for everyone. But when I delete it, I don't waste as much time. Um, I'm able to, I think I've talked about this in an episode before, like all the benefits of it, but it just puts things in perspective where it's like you start to focus in on what's important to you and what's not important to you. And, you know, what friendships are you going to put effort into? Um are you going to start dating again? What do you want in your life? Where's your life going? Um, What are you going to do next? All of those things just are more prominent because you're not on social media comparing to other people and where other people are at in their life. And this is kind of where the Utah thing comes into play is, you know, a lot of people that I follow on social media, their lives are going way, f- like at a faster rate than mine um, in terms of like stages of life. And so sometimes I just get really caught up in that and I see it so often and I'm like, I need to catch up to that. I need to be that. And so getting off of social media and taking a break, it kind of made me think like, well, I'm at this stage of life. I'm single. I don't have a job. I'm not tied down anywhere. I can do whatever the heck I want. Is Utah the place that I want to be? I can move. I can um, start a business. I don't know. I can do anything right now. And um, I kind of went through a little crisis about that. And I've kind of just put it, pushed it aside right now. But basically where I'm going with this is I think social media really clouds your head a lot. And when you delete it and get off of it, it's just kind of, you do feel removed from everything, but I don't know. I just feel like I have a clear head all of a sudden and all my priorities start to line up. And I realize like, honestly, I don't know if I want a boyfriend right now. Um, I don't know if I want to live in Utah. I don't, I don't know if I want to make this product and sell it, work on my art I don't know. So anyway, that has been really, really, really helpful for me. 
and especially I don't want to get into it too much, but all of the stuff going on, of course, um, Black Lives Matter and, um, and then on the other side, you have coronavirus that is for some reason political and I don't know why, um, but you have all these things going on and it was a lot for me on social media as I'm sure it was a lot for everybody uh, or is, still is. I guess I am just not necessarily validating myself because I can do whatever the hell I want, but it's okay to take a break from social media Um, There are other ways that you can contribute to causes and speak up and educate people, educate yourself, um, talk to people, say what you need to say. There are, are other ways to do it than social media. So if social media is bringing you down and every day you're feeling depressed, sad, mad, angry, and you just need a break from that, give yourself permission to do that delete your apps or take a break, whatever it is, it's okay to do that. And just remember that social media is not the only way that you can um, be heard and um, share what you believe in and advocate for other people. There are other ways to do that. So anyway, that's kind of all that I'm going to say on that. Going more into my mental health update or mental state, I feel really good about most of my life. I I did have or am going through this crisis of like where I was about to move to or looking to move to Portland. Um, I was looking at places to rent over there. I was just kind of going through that thing that I mentioned earlier where I just don't know if Utah is the place for me because of the pace that it moves at. And I don't know if that, for people who don't live in Utah, I don't know if it's uh, the religion, the LDS culture that's playing into it, or if it's like the tech company kind of atmosphere. I don't know. But there's some sort of culture here that is just very fast. And when I say fast, it's like, I feel like everyone's trying to catch up or be ahead of other people. And um, I don't know. It just, it's not the pace that I want to go at. And so I don't like feeling or like getting caught up in that, like, oh, well, so-and-so is buying a second house. I need to buy two houses. Or like, you know, I don't have as many single friends, so I need to find a boyfriend so I can do things with other people or whatever it is. Like, it's just these dumb little things coming into my head that don't make sense to my life, in my life. Like, I can slow down. I don't need to buy a house right now. I don't even need to date people right now. Like, I'm 27 years old. I'm at... I'm exactly where I should be right now and I I feel very good about it where you know you had if you talked to me a month ago I would have been panicking about it and freaking out about it but I think I'm just discovering right now a lot about myself and um I think it's good for me 
to be alone and to figure those things out. Like I said, I don't have anything tying me down right now. So I really do have that opportunity to, you know, guide my life wherever I want to go. And it's really kind of empowering. And I just feel like I'm at a really good uh, place right now. And my therapist agreed with me, which is always a really good feeling when your therapist thinks that you are doing good and at a, a good place. And one thing that I'm really noticing is that my body really tells me and warns me about things. And I think it is so empowering and so cool that our bodies can do that. If you're having a lot of anxiety about something, your body is probably telling you that you shouldn't do that thing. But I know that there are like social anxieties. There are there are certain instances where you just have anxiety <laughs> and you you're just nervous about going to a party where you don't know anybody. But I, there is a difference for me where yes, I'm anxious or I'm anxious because I need to do something to fix something. So I I might be anxious and feeling horrible about a specific person. And then that's my body telling me I need to deal with that and figure out what's going on with that person. And um, I don't know, there's, I think it's just so cool and amazing that your body can just tell you what's going on like almost subconsciously where you don't you don't necessarily know what's going on but your body's telling you so then you have to figure it out and like meet up with your body and be on the same page I don't know if anyone else experiences that but I think that it's really cool and I've been noticing it a lot more um have I been listening to my body no have I been paying for it yes Um, Anyways, so I just think that that is really cool and I'm trying to listen to my body more and um, that's pretty much it about that. Another thing that I've been working on a lot and I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with and taking ownership for, I guess, is communication with other people. Communication with people I'm dating, communication with my friends, communication with um, myself and being honest and true to myself and my needs. Um, I've been learning a lot about that. And um, it's this book. I don't know if you've been listening to this podcast. I've probably said that I'm horrible at reading books. It takes me a really, really, really long time to get through a book. So I talk about the book I'm reading a lot because (laughs) I'm reading it for a long time. So the book that I'm reading is called Attached that I'm pretty positive I've talked about before where it talks about the three attachment styles, anxious attachment, um, avoidant, and secure. And secure is where you want to be. Anxious is where I'm at. And anxious and avoidant people are the worst combination of people because of their communication styles. Um, But they also attract each other the most. So um, it becomes really complicated. And the book is teaching me how to communicate my needs to those people and also um, just how to resolve issues with those people. But then it becomes difficult because those people don't know how to communicate with me um, to no one's fault. I, 
it's like I need to educate them on how to communicate with an anxious type of person, basically just telling them what I need. So it becomes really complicated, but I feel like I'm just now starting to take ownership for things. If I do have a problem with someone, I'm trying to go to them and resolve it and just get everything out in the open and say, you know what? I was feeling this thing. I don't know why, um, but I think this is how we should solve it. Or even on a simpler level, if someone says something, an anxious attachment style, which is what I am, will take that thing, think that they are offending me or think that they are um, attacking me, and then wonder about that thing for a really long time and say, why did they say that? What did they mean? What if this? What if that? Making up all these scenarios in your head when that person, if they're an avoidant person, just literally meant whatever they said. Like, it could have been so simple. They did not mean to offend me or make me mad or they didn't mean any of the things I thought. Um, And that's where the communication style comes in. And I just need to learn to say, hey, what did you mean by that? Um, Because I think I might be interpreting it wrong. And then hopefully they will explain it better and I'll say, oh, okay, whatever, continue with the conversation. Instead of going off and now I feel this tension with this person, they probably feel it with me as well um, just because we didn't communicate correctly and a lot of misunderstanding goes on with avoidant and anxious people together because they just communicate differently. So with dating, I'm trying to tell people right up front what I need. And what I need with dating is I need people to talk to me, let me know that they're still interested in me, um, make plans with me. I need reassurance. I need validation. I need, um, I just, I need that in a relationship and that's just who I am. And if that person's not going to give it to me, then that person's not the person for me. Um, And then I need to move on. And I don't know, reading this book makes dating so much easier because I will almost immediately after the first, second date know that this person's not for me because they are not doing X, Y, and Z, which is what I need. Um, Or I will communicate to that person and say, I need X, Y, Z. Can you do that? Are you willing to do that? Um, If not, I don't think that this is going to work out. So I'm trying to learn to do those things and actually follow through with those things um, and just trying to take the anxious, I'm trying to change my anxious ways, trying to take the anxious anxious attachment um, tendencies and turn them into secure and um, basically just realize what I'm doing. Um, A lot of the time, anxious people will, if they're not getting what they need, they will lash out and do something pretty childish, honestly. So if I ask, what are you doing today or tonight? And then they tell me, (laughs) my anxious attachment style, when I ask what you're doing tonight, I'm saying, I want to hang out with you. Are you busy? even though I didn't say that. And so when they respond and answer my question, I get really mad and offended that they didn't say, 
oh, I'm not doing anything. Do you want to hang out? And then I might lash out and do something really childish and just say, oh, well, I'm doing this. I can't hang out or whatever. Um, or if they take too long to text, then I saying something like, well, I'm going to not text them for a week and um, see what happens. Like those are childish behaviors and um, anxious attachment style tendencies that I'm trying not to do. Um, not saying that I do all of those, but definitely things similar to that are the first thing that comes to mind. And I just need to step back and say, oh yeah, I did. I just asked him what he's doing and he told me. And if I want to hang out, I need to say, hey, I want to hang out. Um, and I don't know, just communication is such a huge thing. And I'm just now realizing, um, basically how to do that and my own tendencies and things like that. So the book is called Attached and I honestly recommend every single person read this book because it will help you so much with relationships in your life, whether it's romantic or your family or your friends. I think that it will help you understand other people a lot more and understand where they're coming from so you can respond in a positive way that's going to positively impact your relationship. With that being said, I feel like I'm really just in a go with the flow um, stage of life right now, I guess. Usually, if I go on three dates with someone, I'm freaking out about what that means. <laughs> and right now, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I went on three dates with someone and let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. It feels really good to kind of be in that stage of going with the flow of things. You know, I am trying to improve myself. I am trying to, I think one of the biggest things is getting offended, right? I think a lot of people get offended really easily and that's where the communication comes in as well, where you need to understand the other person. You need to understand like my friend Amy is a really good example. She might say something to me and it makes me feel a certain way, but I know her well enough that I know that that was not her intent and she didn't do it in that way or say it in that way. And I know that. So I'm able to go to her and say, hey, this made me feel this way, even though I know that you don't, I know you well enough that you didn't mean it that way. I just want to share my feelings and you know, how it affected me. And then we're able to have a really adult conversation about it and move on from it because we know each other so well. Back to the offended thing. There's just one last thing that I want to say. I'm trying to learn and remind myself that most of the time, the thing that offended me is actually not about me. It's about them. And that helps a lot to just keep that in your mind and remember that. Um, an example of that just, or what I mean by that, not to say like, it's not one of those things where it's not me, it's you. Um, it's not putting blame on someone. It's just saying, oh, they said that thing not to attack me, not to offend me. They said that because that's their personality and that's how they deal with that situation. So it's not about me. It's about them. And that's not saying like, oh, they need to go to therapy and work on that and fix that or whatever. It's just communication and knowing 
that's how that person communicates and um, they're not offending me. And I need to remember that and then I don't get offended and they are able to say whatever they need to say without worrying that I am going to get offended. That was kind of a ramble and I don't know if it made any sense at all, but basically communicate with people. Um, That's what I'm really working on right now and trying to work on and trying to fix relationships or build relationships um, in a positive direction in a positive way and I'm trying to add more positivity to my life than negativity and trying to change the negativity and just be in a place that I feel secure and comfortable and confident in which I feel like I am getting there and I'm in a pretty good space right now so Anyway, that was a lot of rambling and I hope that you got something, if anything, out of that. That's what I've been doing in quarantine. That's where kind of my mental state is right now with everything going on and what I'm working on and there are more really good episodes coming up in my opinion, but this is my podcast so I would like to hope that every episode is good. Um, but I'm trying to be more consistent. You can follow me on Instagram at sometimes in shambles. I'm trying to post some of my illustrations up there. And like I said, learn more about illustrations. So that's really fun that I have that platform that I can, you know, show my art and also hopefully lift other people up or give them strength or courage or validation. So go ahead and follow me over there. Message me on, you know, what you kind of want to hear more about, um, what interests you, things like that. I want to hear from you guys. I, I really do. I love when you guys message me. Um, it's just really, it's rewarding, of course. Um, and it's also just really nice to hear the other end of it. You know, I'm talking to a wall right now. So when you message me, it's, it's like I get to see the other side of it. Um, you can also go to my website, fill out a form, email me. It is sometimes in shamblespodcast.com. And then on Twitter, I am shamblespod. And that's about it. Um, stay tuned and... I'll see you later. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sometimes in Shambles. The intro music was done by my friend Lucas Kathy, and the artwork was done by me, myself, Melissa. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.